1: now
4: Good afternoon, Patriots, and welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Occam's Razor. Occam's Razors, on Tuesdays from this point forward, are just going to be a solo affair. Thomas, unfortunately, is no longer able to do them with me, but you can always check and catch Thomas over there on his own channel and True Reporting. You can also find him on Badlands Media. So please continue to support Thomas in whatever way you feel is appropriate. Now, today we are going to be discussing the Oklahoma Transurrection. That's right, a stream of leftist protesters filed into the Oklahoma Capitol building. They took it over. They violently protested and they chanted. And they held signs. It's not because they were fighting for their freedom. They were fighting for the right to mutilate children. Of course, of course, the left doesn't care about this. They actually approve of it. Because when you support leftist causes, you can basically get away with whatever you want in the world. Damn you if you vote Republican. Damn you if you want to protect children. Damn you, if you don't want to see this country flush down the toilet. Do me a favor, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn. I will be right back after this special word from our sponsor. Welcome back to the program. I uh, I have a, a, a message here. I just saw in Rumble. Don't cancel me. Seventeen says I just finished watching Baseless Conspiracies from last night. Awesome show, Zach. As a survivor of ritual satanic abuse, nineteen eighty five. I definitely agree that it was not a hoax. Well, I applaud you for your bravery and in, in uh, having the, the 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 courage to come forward to actually say something about it. You know, I think that one of the things that uh, uh, that really is a disservice to the victims of abuse. Uh, is unfortunately our propensity to not want to talk about it. I mean, it's disturbing. You have uh, uh, PTSD as a result. Uh, You can uh, essentially feel like you're on the verge of breaking at any given point. And the worst thing that could happen is that you tell somebody it, And then they don't verify and they don't justify it. They don't help you to work through it. They just attack you. So a lot of people who have been abused, they just choose not to say anything at all because it's too painful. And then unfortunately, there are people who come forward and they make claims that end up not being true. And then even worse, people who do come forward to make claims, but then they are discredited by the media. They're discredited by their abusers. This is a very real phenomenon, and it's a, a whole spectrum of different things that can take place, and uh, the way it plays out is very different for every single person as well. Um, hopefully, you have been able to to heal yourself and to come to terms with what happened, and, and you're working in your own life to make sure that this doesn't happen to other people. My heart goes out to you, and uh, I, I truly, truly understand. Uh, hey, CKLR says, Zach, yo, from Canada. Glad you guys are here hanging out with us. If you wouldn't mind, guys, we have just over a 1,000 people over on Rumble. If you could, please just hit that like button. It is like super easy. It's totally free. It is honestly the best way that you can help me get this show in front of more people. The more people who see the programs that I create, uh, the more opportunity we have to spread the truth. Uh, I am in this for the truth. That is my goal. I want to get the truth to as many people as possible, and that's why I do so many shows, both here and on Badlands Media. Uh, So if you wouldn't mind, I would sincerely appreciate it, and uh, you really would be helping me out, and helping uh, the the truth movement in general. All right, so before we get into the top stories uh, that have broken today, I want to talk a little bit about a, a couple of things that we've mentioned on the show before, and actually one thing that we mentioned yesterday specifically, and that would be the report that General Mattis apparently had kept these Chinese spy balloons from Donald Trump. I I said yesterday it's a possibility this is a smokescreen by the Biden regime uh, to kind of normalize what happened with this Chinese balloon. Well, wouldn't you know it General Mattis just happened to be speaking at an event yesterday and he said he had no knowledge of CCP balloons flying over the U.S. during his time as Secretary of Defense. This is clearly either a lie from leadership at the Pentagon who felt that they could just get away with it, Uh, they could just call the mainstream media, tell them that, okay, yeah, this happened before, so don't worry about it too much. Uh, or perhaps it was some rogue person in the PR department at the Pentagon. But General Mattis, whatever you think of him, I, I don't particularly trust him. Uh, he's done some things that I felt were questionable in the past. I know that a lot of people who served under General Mattis have a really high opinion of him. Uh, he, in my opinion, served his purpose within the Trump administration. And uh, maybe he didn't do everything perfect, but you know, he's just not somebody that I'm looking to uh, for, I guess, answers about too much stuff. But let's go ahead and and uh, take a look at the video. It's kind of low quality, so um, uh, hopefully it works out. Also, I fixed my microphone sound issues, so you won't be getting an echo today. My uh, my board updated.
5: We've all been reading yeah. yeah, about the balloon. We've been watching on television. Yeah, the balloon's serious. I, I, I don't mean to make light of it. But don't, don't worry that it suddenly was able to find things out, satellites that are up in low Earth orbit, weren't spot in already. Um, you, you gotta wonder, was it stupidity or left hand, not telling the right hand what they're doing, why the Chinese chose that time to do it? But uh, you know I'm gonna tell for any of you young guys in the audience, if you wanna make a four-star general, fight enemy generals dumber than a bucket of rocks, <laughs> But in this case, um, I would still say it's serious, and but I wouldn't get overly worried at all about it. But there are some questions we all, as Americans, need to answer. I think you know, did it really happen during the past administration? Because it doesn't seem to be anybody from the past administration is aware of it. I'm not for the first two years of that administration. Uh, now it's possible there's old radar tapes that shows things that now, if we go back and know what it looks like, go back to say, well, that wasn't a an ice storm over the Aleutians—that was a balloon. It's, I don't know, but no, there, there's some answers uh, that the American people are owed. <clears throat> and could we not have taken it down sooner? I mean, NORAD, North American Air Defense, has got a lot of Canadian fighters and the Alaska-based U.S. fighters up there intercepting Russian planes routinely up over the Bering Straits. Um, so.
4: Okay, so I think that General Mattis uh, essentially echoes my feelings about this whole thing. It is a serious matter, but more than anything... Uh, The timing of it is interesting, right before the State of the Union, uh, and uh, clearly their response for the administration appears to have been lacking. Uh, They could have taken it down sooner. They decided not to. I tend to believe that by allowing it to cross across the United States, maybe they were hoping that nobody would see it. And perhaps this is an agreement between China and Intel here in the United States and Joe Biden to allow for a certain amount of spying uh, that could be a transfer of intellectual property property uh, transfer of uh, just uh, the the knowledge of what's happening at these bases, uh, they they probably thought nobody was going to notice. And of course, we have a lot of keen-eyed observers that are out there looking at the sky. So yes, it's serious. Uh, Is it an imminent danger to America? No. I think the imminent danger to America is sitting in the White House. Uh, That would be Joe Biden. That would be his administration. Uh, It's not the Chinese balloon. But the CCP is certainly a clear and present danger. Now, while the rest of the country is in danger at the hands of the Chinese Communist Party's infiltration of our government, of our lands, of our uh, business and banking, all of it, the United States Congress prepares for tonight's State of the Union. The State of the Union by Joe Biden will be given tonight roughly, I want to say around 8 p.m. or something like that. Uh, I I don't know the exact time now that uh, I'm being called for uh, me to recall it, but I know that tonight on Badlands Media, they are going to be um, actually broadcasting it and doing commentary. I will not be there because today is Lisa's birthday, and I want to ask that now that we have uh, uh, a lot more people here, will you please wish Real Red Pill Girlfriend, a.k.a. Real Red Pill Fiance, a happy birthday Happy birthday in the chat. Uh, I absolutely love her, and I can't wait to be able to call her red pill wife. She is just as beautiful as the day that I met her, and uh, I know she's listening right now. Honey, I love you so much. Everybody, please tell her happy birthday in the chat, and you can tell her on Twitter, and you can tell her on Truth Social as well. So the point of this story is that the United States is defenseless. Clearly, our military, clearly our governmental leadership— Uh, clearly our southern border, none of these things are being paid attention to. They're not worried about criminals, pedophiles, terrorists, uh, people with vast arrays of sicknesses coming across the border. They're not worried about that at all. And they're not even worried about spying by the Chinese Communist Party. It's just, you know, hey, that's normal. That happens. The CCP, they want to spy on us. You know, it's just a a small transfer of information. We let them go ahead and do it. And we wait until it's over the Atlantic before we blow it up, even though we could have blown it up a long time ago when we recognized that it was coming in over Alaska. The Aleutian Islands, need I remind you, those are land masses that are surrounded by water. So why couldn't they have shot that balloon down before it got into the mainland, uh, the continental United States? It's ridiculous to think that they couldn't have. They allowed this balloon to go all the way across the country, and then they waited till the very last minute. Probably that was the point at which uh, the equipment inside that balloon was able to send all of the information that it was able to gather to their Chinese sources sitting in a boat or a submarine out there in the Atlantic. So while we are left unprotected, The United States Congress and the government in Washington DC is shoring up their own defenses. Uh, the famous border fence that was placed around the Capitol building after the events of January 6th is back. I believe that this indicates the Biden regime is a little bit scared about the possibility of protests or the possibility of dangerous happenings taking place at the State of the Union. Now, I think that it's a baseless, baseless fear. There's nothing to worry about. Although I actually do have a story about somebody who is planning to do something stupid, but Uh, It's neither here nor there. Washington, D.C. is so heavily guarded. They have so many surveillance methods there. They have a lot of police. They have a lot of probably going to have the military on hand. But it's hypocritical. It's hypocritical for the members of Congress and for the president of the United States to justify putting up this fence to protect themselves when they won't even protect the borders of our nation, when they won't protect us from the prying eyes of the Chinese Communist Party. So when you see this go up, to me, it signals fear. The Democrats know that They are destroying this nation. They understand what the people of America are starting to realize. And they understand that an educated and an informed populace is dangerous to their hegemony, to the layer of protection they have put around themselves. So after, hey, T.Z. Burton, thank you very much for the $5 uh, donation over on Odyssey. I appreciate that. All right. And um, so, yeah, so. Why are they doing this? Is there some credible intelligence or is it just that they know that the country is in the worst place since probably the financial collapse of 2008 and we're on the verge of something like that happening again? So they've got to put this fence up just in case the plebs show up to protest the failings of the Biden regime. Uh, now I would suggest to our overlords in Washington, D.C., uh, Considering how much money you waste on passion projects, on pork barrel, uh, sending to Ukraine, erecting this border fence around the state capitol building, I would suggest you take all of that money that you're wasting in other areas and just finish the damn wall, okay? Finish the wall, build it up. Shore up our border and protect the people that you allegedly represent. The only people you are representing is yourself and your own interests and the interests of the people who pay you money. Yes, we are destitute Americans in comparison to you. Most of us don't have two pennies to rub together. We are barely surviving living hand-to-mouth, day-to-day, week-by-week, making sure that our bills are paid, having extra money so we can buy eggs now. Okay, Good luck getting yourself a good steak. It just doesn't happen. Most of us cannot afford to live in the lap of luxury because we don't have access to the inside information. We don't have access uh, to our our friends on Wall Street. Those people, like Paul Pelosi and Nancy Pelosi, they get the inside scoop. They know when it's a good time to dump $5 million dollars into the stock market so you can turn around and make it a quick 15 in less than 60 days but we don't have the luxury of doing that and the vast majority of us also don't have a nearly $200,000 per year salary on top of that we also don't get free health insurance we have to pay for that stuff so let's go ahead and take a look at this video from RSBN and see how the other half lives Serious. They're serious. They are seriously scared of the American people because they know that when we join together, when we finally recognize the rights that we hold that are written into our founding documents, we have the power to alter or abolish a tyrannical government. And they have attempted to take that power away from us. They have essentially installed themselves as I guess emper- emperors, emperors in Washington, D.C. Uh, here is another video from Benny Johnson. And of course, nothing ever works when it's embedded. Well, it looks like it might be the same video. Anyways, I'm I don't know if I'm even going to watch the State of the Union live tonight. Normally, I would stream it myself, uh, but obviously, because it's Lisa's birthday, I need to pay attention to her as soon as I'm done with this program here. So uh, I am interested to see what he says tonight and uh, what lies they tell. Uh, my friend Matt Couch already published a drinking game for uh, words that Joe Biden will say or phrases that he's going to be saying. Um So. As I said, the the fence that's being erected right around Washington D.C. That's uh, as a result of what happened on January sixth. That that's the reason that they say that they need it. They got to protect uh, the Congress. They got to protect the the House and uh, and the Senate. So. What's really interesting is that uh, just yesterday, a mob of transgender activists and supporters, so I guess you'd call them allies, uh, they stormed the Oklahoma state capitol. What they were trying to do was to stop Republican lawmakers from passing a bill that would ban the gender uh, mutilation of children, okay? So uh, actually performing operations on the genitals of kids. Now, Uh, There is video of this all over the place. Uh, Many of them were tweeting from inside. They are perfectly happy to admit that they were there. Uh, There was close to 200 activists that stormed the main atrium of the Capitol. Uh, They had flags and signs and all of that. You know, protesting is is fine. That's one thing. Uh, But The reason that I am pointing this out is once again, the hypocrisy, because the left was incredulous about what happened on January 6th. Every single person that was in D.C. is considered a terrorist. I'm not naive enough to believe that every single person who went inside this Capitol building is a terrorist. Certainly, I think we can probably identify some of them as Antifa. Uh, Janice6966, oh, hey, man, and I just noticed I can actually see a picture of you there now. He says, I'm stuck on this immigration hearing, but my boy told me it's RPG's birthday, so I swung by to show some love. Hey, thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. Really, really appreciate that. So let's take a look at the video, and you guys tell me Uh, you know, how this is really any different from what happened on January 6th. Remember, they're trying to stop an official proceeding. (laughs) Trying to stop an official proceeding, trying to stop this bill from being passed, Obviously, there was no incidents with police, but that's because the police were told to stand down. They allowed them to break into the Capitol building. They didn't try to stop them, so there wasn't any batons that were hitting anybody's faces. Nobody died because there was no pile of bodies for someone like Roseanne Boyland to pass away under. Uh, This was a different scenario, but... Keep in mind, if these were right-wing protesters, if these were conservative people who were protesting the passing of the of a bill allowing for gender mutilation of children, uh, genital mutilation of children, uh, then at that time, there definitely would have been violence coming from the police. There would have been a suppressive force that was used to put down the insurrection. Well, this is the trans uh, Low Country Brooklyn says, we are fighting this in North Carolina. Vote is today at the school board meeting. I sent you the info regarding state sponsored gender affirming care for middle school athletics. I'll be speaking. Feel free to watch it. Uh, Hang on just a second. Let me get this pulled up. And, And yes, I actually meant to talk about this yesterday, guys, and that is my bad. Let me get this pulled up right here because this is important stuff. All right. So this is an opinion piece that was written by uh, a friend of Chapman's. And let me see. Okay. Um, Right here. So there is a proposed policy change uh, that is set to take place. Policy 3620. So this would allow new Hanover County middle school students to identify as transgender to participate in athletics. So Obviously, this is the same type of problem, okay? So what do you got here? You've got a boy, clearly a boy, who is identifying as a girl so that he can wrestle this little girl, okay? She's a teenager probably. Uh, And of course, there is a massive, overwhelming difference between the male physique and the female physique, it doesn't matter how long you've been taking estrogen. If you are a man and you grew up as a man, you're going to have a male skeletal structure. You're going to have a male muscular structure. Melissa Mason is the one who wrote this article. So she has uh, essentially established her personal policy on this. Um, it's a bad idea, I think, for any school or any uh, sports program to allow boys and girls, to identify as the other gender and then play in that program. Uh, you have a really high propensity for people to get hurt. I mean, think about this. You know, if you're a man, have have you ever choke, put a girl into a chokehold? Okay, I mean, like, there is a distinct difference in size. I'm not saying I have, but I'm just saying, like, this really makes me uncomfortable to even see it. And I can only imagine being the parents of a child Melissa is on the school board. I was on her campaign. She drafted that as a response to the state position as a board member. I wasn't certain what exactly I could say, Chapman. So thank you very much for uh, suggesting the actual circumstances surrounding this. So, yeah, uh, Melissa is part of the school board. Chapman worked on her campaign. I didn't want to dox anybody if uh, if there was anything that uh, I shouldn't be saying. Um, but uh, this is obviously a bad idea. This is something that we as parents need to fight against. So uh, the the school district here, uh, I know that there are a lot of people that are fighting against this, but this is exactly what they want to do in every school district all around the country. They want to make it okay for a student who wants to participate in athletics may only participate on the team consistent with their gender on the state's birth certificate unless otherwise permitted. So this is what needs to happen. They must be competing on teams where they're. Gender that was assigned to them at birth is what they are in now. They can't just be changing their gender willy-nilly halfway through and uh, expecting to, uh, uh, to, to compete at the same level. It just doesn't happen. Uh, so <laughs> listen to this. How often is the high school gender identity committee denied a high schooler from joining their sport of choice? Uh, that would be 0%. 100% of the students who identify as transgender, who sought permissions via the committee protocol and were reviewed by the committee, were allowed to play sports on the team consistent with how they identify. Uh, the issue here is the rubber stamping of gender-affirming care for the age group. Disgusting, and the Republicans are the ones pushing the policy. That's even more disturbing. And I think this gets back to the idea that uh, the most dangerous in politics, to me, are those Neocon Republicans, the one who are essentially liberals in wolf's and sheep 's clothing rather, uh, and they will push this type of stuff. You know, there are people who are pushing for children to be able to go to school officials and be put on uh, uh, puberty blockers and 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 hormones and stuff, uh, and they can do it without the, the parents' consent. Now, this mob of trans activists, this is what they were fighting for. They are trying to stop the Republicans from passing a bill that would outlaw the transitioning of minors, and it would require teachers to inform parents if the students identify as trans. This Makes a lot of sense. If you and your children were at a school district and your kid went to your teacher, her teacher, and told something that was disturbing or somehow uh, would have an impact on home life or, or your own life, I mean, of course, the teacher should be talking to you about that. But these people want to keep that relationship of teacher and student at a special point. They don't want the parents to even come into it and be considered because that way it makes it easier to groom these kids. It makes it easier to essentially manipulate them into becoming uh, what they would like them to be, which is, of course, part of the transgender, uh, I guess, uh, uh, the playbook, the playbook of what they want people to be. Um, So... What we have here from Melissa is uh, her options for how we can deal with this. So, number one, this would be the best. Do not allow biological males to play in girls' middle school athletics. No exceptions. I think that I'm on board with that. Hopefully, you guys are on board with that as well. Uh, she says, number two, send a motion back to the committee for them to provide a more thoughtful solution. So, don't just allow it to pass. Number one, keep the existing language, which is uh, gender-based on your birth certificate. That determines who you play with. And then option two, number four, is the worst. Accept the policy committee's recommendation to mirror the high school's athletic policy. See, this is already happening at the high school level, and they want to now push it at the middle school level. Uh, The older these people get, the more dangerous it gets, and uh, the vote will be tonight. So uh, Brooklyn will keep me informed about what happens with this vote. If you are a North Carolina resident and you are anywhere near the school district or, you know, people who have kids that go to the school district, I urge you to support the people who are fighting for the children, support the people who are trying to stop these Hairbrain policies from going into uh, existence. It's simply just a bad, bad deal. Uh, let me see. Yes, they are not real Republicans. They are Democrats pretending to be Republicans, which is just it, you can't put a finer point on it. Pe- we need to investigate these people. We need to vet them ourselves. We can't trust Literature. We can't trust people, uh, you know, vouching for people. We need to be the ones that are running for school board like Melissa. OK, the fact that she's on the school board. I mean, that's that's top notch. We need more people like her. And I know that there are people out there who perhaps maybe you're retired. Maybe you have some extra time. Uh, maybe, you know, that you could donate a couple of hours of your time every single month to get involved. Uh, and Brooklyn says the trans agenda is part of CSE, Comprehensive Sex Ed, which is a part of social emotional learning. This is all part of the weaponization of Title IX to create trans as protected class insanity. I think you're absolutely right. And it certainly is. Uh, this is only the beginning, guys. If they get to pass some of these things we're going to see america change fundamentally and uh, i don't know if you saw the grammys i talked about this with john last night uh, but the insanity the satanic sacrifice the satanic um i i guess uh what what would you call it you know i mean it was it, it was uh, a ritual it was a satanic ritual that they performed and they were talking about this exact same thing you know and the kids growing up i read a disturbing thing today we'll talk about it when we get back from the other side of the break right here Oh, okay, so my mom has a comment over there. He was spelling in that performance, casting a spell. I absolutely agree with you. It was demonic. It was satanic. It was pushing the trans agenda because now we've had this uh, trans singer that was playing behind him uh, in, a, in a cage, you know, with people around them. They were talking about being unholy, this unholy act of modifying your body. Uh, you know, I think that uh, it's They are trying to push us as far from our connection to God as possible. God made you as you were perfectly... Every, nobody and nobody's perfect, okay, but you are perfect in God's eyes. Now, somebody who has done a lot of work on their face and just looks completely unrecognizable is Madonna. Now, I said this last night, too. Madonna appears to have these kind of ram's horns on the side of her face, and uh, let's be honest. I mean, she looks kind of like a goat. Uh, she no longer looks like herself. Jill Biden made an appearance. Uh, and then, of course, we had the devil worshiping segment that was sponsored by Pfizer. Uh, This right here, you can see this guy, he's wearing a top hat with devil horns. You have people worshiping him. You have the red light. You have the fire behind. You have that trans person in the cage. And, uh, And it was all very, very disturbing. Now, the good news, and the reason I want to bring it up, is because the Grammys had their lowest rated night in history. This was less people watching the Grammys than ever before. And I think that we... The right have abandoned Hollywood proper and popular culture uh, whole cloth. I mean, we're just not buying it. We are not tuning in, and I applaud you guys for doing that. We need to do everything we can to not support these people because that's the only thing that they really are going to end up responding to. They're going to be forced to change the way they do business because no one is buying their BS. Now, since I called out the transurrection in Oklahoma, I just wanted to briefly talk about this situation right here. Um, I wouldn't necessarily believe it if I didn't see that there was some supporting evidence to go along with it right now. They're calling this person a neo-Nazi leader and then a woman from Maryland. They told an FBI informant that they had a racially motivated plot to attack the Baltimore power grid. I mean, if they attack the Baltimore power grid, yeah, there's a lot of black people that live in Baltimore, but there's also white people that live in Baltimore. I'm not cool with anybody who is trying to take out our national power grid, and there have been a number of...
1: Order now
4: of these incidents very recently. I'm interested to know how they were able to catch the white supremists that were planning to do this, but they couldn't catch anybody doing the other ones. And of course, because one of them's from Florida, I'm sure that they're going to try to draw some false equivalency with the people of Florida and this person. Uh, Now, I don't know the exact specifics of this because the trial hasn't happened. You know, All they've said is that they planned this attack and they threatened lives. It would have left thousands of Marylanders in the cold and in the dark we are united and committing to using every legal means necessary to to disrupt violence, including hate fueled attack. So they are buying into the fact and they are really playing heavily on the fact that this is a domestic violent extremist. Um, I feel like we have really nothing but domestic violent extremists in America now when you take a look at who is committing crimes uh, if they're from America, they're domestic. If they're committing a violent crime, they are violent uh, and if they are doing it for uh, you know any reason outside the norm, that is considered extreme. So domestic violent extremists that can encapsulate people of you know whites, blacks, Mexicans, uh, you know Hispanics in general y- y- you name it all right? You know, why don't they call gang members in L.A. domestic violent extremists? I would consider them to be pretty extreme. Uh, I would definitely consider them to be domestic and violent. I think that we'll have to see the trial here to understand exactly what happened. Um, but they're identified as Sarah Beth Clendaniel of Catonsville, Maryland, and Brandon Clint Russell of Orlando. And they're charged with a federal criminal complaint with conspiracy to destroy an energy facility. Now, is it possible these people got mixed up with an FBI informant and they were set up? Absolutely. This could probably be a little bit more convincing than just these guys decided to do this on their own and then went to the FBI about it. Um, We'll have to watch how it plays out. But, um, oh, I was going to mention something. I saw uh, a story earlier today that um, Elon Musk's oldest son has essentially disappeared because he now identifies as trans and changed his name and cut Elon off. Um, Apparently, he was so angry about Elon's, uh, I guess, uh, uh, comments about the trans agenda That to rebel against his father, he now identifies as trans and is transitioning to a a woman. I just want to go on record and say that's the worst, worst possible reason you could do that. Uh, It is so incredibly stupid to alter your body in a forever way because you're angry at your dad. Okay, like what a first world problem. I don't know anybody out there who didn't have some split or rift with their dad at some point. You know, guys are guys, they butt heads, and when it's your father and, you know, he's trying to teach you to become a man, it's going to happen, all right? But you come back together because you love each other, because the bond between father and son is indescribable. You can't separate that. You know, yes, definitely there are going to be people out there who split with their dad or split with their mom and they never made up, but I suggest to you guys, you know, find a little bit of love in your heart. Find some forgiveness, all right, because uh, nobody's perfect. Nobody is perfect, and parents do and say, things that sometimes you wish they could take back. But I guarantee you, the vast majority of them are trying to do their best. They are trying to do you right. They're trying to do justice and teach you how to be a functioning member of society, certainly at least within our portion of America. Not everybody does. Unfortunately, there are a lot of kids who are left behind and uh, they could just get caught up in the system. And it's a terrible, terrible thing. But i'm just saying you should probably make peace with the people in your family and with the people that you should be loving uh, and uh, let me see uh, on the on the on on the subject of elon Musk uh this is kind of interesting he revealed this Global Engagement Center uh, on Twitter, it looks like. This was a Twitter thread that he did on the Global Engagement Center, and he calls it a threat to democracy. Uh, He says the worst offender in U.S. government censorship and media manipulation is an obscure agency called the GEC. They are a threat to democracy. So uh, basically, let me take a look here. This is their website, uh, Global Engagement Center. Their mission is to direct... Lead, synchronize, integrate, and coordinate u s federal government efforts to recognize, understand, expose, and counter foreign state and non state propaganda and disinformation efforts aimed at undermining or influencing the policies, security, or stability of the United States, its allies, and its partner nations Now that is a rather broad swath they are painting with there, just big, big, beautiful brush strokes uh, this is. Another example of the federal government using an agency with a supposedly good mission uh, to shut down and uh, censor speech online. So how does Elon identify them? Well, uh, he provided this information right here. That is the line the media fed about me. Let me see here. Um, Read this entire email in detail. Okay, so... This is from a new Twitter file, or perhaps, yeah, no, this is, yeah, this is from this past week. Okay, so in February 2020, as COVID broke out, the Global Engagement Center, a fledgling analytic intelligence arms of the deep state, went to the media with a report called Russian Disinformation Apparatus, taking advantage of coronavirus concerns. So the Global Engagement Center, through a coordination with a trusted partner, who is that trusted partner, a leftist organization probably, tracked the global activity of Russian state-linked false personas. Actually, maybe it was Hamilton 68 and proxies, which often push disinformation and propaganda. Coronavirus has been a top subject for these accounts since 24th of January. The coronavirus, as a topic, is being propagated by these Russia-linked accounts in English, Spanish, Italian, German, and French, indicating that this disinformation campaign is intended for a global audience. The same Russia-linked accounts have previously been tracked by the Global Engagement Center because of their involvement in the Chilean protests, the Yellow Jacket protests in France, the conflict in Syria, and other geopolitical events. These sound like events that are designed to... To disrupt the actions of the deep state, not necessarily to disrupt the actions of the United States of America. Uh, ESA DMF says, Zach, get your honey some honey from Benson's Honey Farms on her birthday. Happy birthday, Lisa. ESA DMF, thank you so much, sir. That is extremely generous. I really, really appreciate that. I am going to be taking Lisa out uh, to eat for dinner at a nice restaurant, and we actually need some more Benson's honey. So I will also be purchasing her another, uh, I don't know, how does it come? Is it a quart? Is it a half gallon? I'm not so sure, but we'll go ahead and get it. So with the Global Engagement Center, uh, they are, are working with a number of other government agencies. And it's all to censor Americans, whether it's uh, DHS or CISA or the State Department. Uh, there is a lot of information out there to suggest that this is going on. Now, there is also a thread from Name Redacted, who's somebody I follow on Twitter, uh, and they're calling this Disinfogate. What's striking is that we've learned about the government censorship through our own experience, as well as the Twitter file information that came out, showing the coordinated nature that the deep state and these government agencies were working hand in hand with the social media companies. But until this point... We haven't had much in the way of confirmation from any of those government agencies, except now we actually do. Let me go ahead and play you this clip. Uh, this is a man by the name of Bill Evanina, and it's the first public official to admit publicly uh, that they were working on suppressing. You know, I've been in this business a long disinformation. Sorry about that. Here we go.
7: You know, I've been in this business a long time going back prior to 9-11, and and I saw this type of um, organizational symbiotic effort after 9-11. This is the first time I've seen it again, where we had, you know, double-digit agencies working together every day, all day, dedicated women and men around the globe – uh, collecting intelligence, driving action, providing real-time information to DHS and FBI, FBI and DHS taking the, the appropriate action, dealing with social media companies, taking stuff down, and then at the same time, doing really critical offensive measures around the globe, I, I think was, was outstanding. I'm really proud. Uh, I, I, I've said publicly, I think this would be the most important role I've had in my in my career, and I'm really proud of where we are right now and the success we've had we've did some really daring things the last couple of months both publicly and, and, and non-publicly and i think they've all
4: paid off. you know i've been in this business. so after 9/11 we began to have a much greater level of interagency coordination and that was based around sharing knowledge of terrorists and stopping people from doing horrible things to the united states of america. now this is completely different. this is interagency cooperation Many, many federal agencies working together hand in hand with the social media companies to suppress the speech of Americans, not only Americans, I'm sure they suppressed speech of people from other nations as well. But this is a damning admission coming here from Bill Avenina uh, discussing specifically the actions of the U.S. government and their coordination with these tech companies to silence you, to stop you from talking about things. Going back to Elon Musk's thread here about the Global Engagement Center, they were suppressing information about COVID-19. Is that the same information that has been proven to be true over time? The same speech that they suppressed so that people would believe the only thing you could do to get rid of COVID was to take a jab? Uh, Are these the same people who suppressed information about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine? You better believe it. The government not only breaking our constitutional rights flagrantly, flaunting the law, also having blood on their hands. I say that without any exaggeration. There's no hyperbole there, no hyperbole at all. These people murdered Americans because they kept information away from them. And they gaslit us in the wake of the 2020 election. They stopped people like me and many of you about talking about the Hunter Biden laptop and the serious concerns that Americans had about the ability of Joe Biden to govern this nation. We've seen since that time that he has no ability. He has no skill. He has no panache. He has no cognitive abilities anymore. What we accomplished in the past two years as an integrated holistic government and effort in partnership with social media and tech firms is unprecedented. They took unprecedented measures to suppress your free speech. Let me go ahead and play this second clip for you as well. Talk
7: about that, Aruna. I think, uh, from my perspective, what we accomplished uh, the past two years, but specifically the last six to nine months, uh, as an integrated, holistic government effort in partnership with social media and tech firms, uh, is unprecedented. And I think it's really going to be the model, of the future moving forward.
4: I'm actually. Be- Yeah, of course, it's going to be the model of the future. They have perfected the ability of the government working with tech companies to suppress speech. Of course, they're going to continue to use it. Of course, they're going to continue to stop us. Now, Janice, giving us an update from the hearing, Dem's main talking point is that more fentanyl is seized from American citizens than illegals, not taking into account how they got in anyways. And that was going to be my point. Uh, yeah, we have a lot more American citizens here in America than we do illegals. So just by virtue of that fact and the number of drug addicts we have here, because those illegals are allowed to bring in that heroin, uh, excuse me, the fentanyl, which is coming through Mexico, produced in China. Of course, it's going to get into the hands of American citizens. And we're the ones that are going to be caught with it. You know, If we didn't have a problem with them being able to sneak it across the border, then we wouldn't have a problem with drug addicts here in America. You know, they have made life so intolerable. They have made you so miserable... That so many people would rather just snuff out their own flame and be addicted to drugs than have to face the horror that we see on a daily basis here in America. And make no mistake, that is absolutely intentional. Uh, so we have also Chris Krebs at this same event uh, talking a little bit more about CISA's role. And let's go ahead and take a listen. It's a great
7: question. So what the DNI has done, he's identified a, a crisis manager for elections within the ODNI, and that individual coordinates all the IC agencies plus DHS weekly to bring together as much desperate information, threat information, and what's going on at the FBI, DHS, NSA, CIA, all the organizations provide a, a common operating picture of the threat that we see every day manifested or we don't see, and to be able to provide that information to Chris and to the FBI to facilitate their own investigations, but to have one voice, one vision, through that crisis manager, the ODNI, that everyone can funnel the information through on a weekly basis and then get it to Chris, who can then get
4: it to the uh, everyday key components of the electoral process. Let me just say this, too. These statements are being made before The 2020 election. This is back in 2018, October of 2018. And uh, this is before they actually put this system into play. They were honing it. They were getting ready to use it before the 2020 election even came up. Here is Chris Krebs once from the uh, CISA, the, the infamous agency.
5: Now, when you go back and you look at the intelligence community assessment of 2017, January 2017, It really kind of the way I read it, it breaks down into two different information operations styles. One is a dynamic uh, repopulating, rebuilding style across social media platforms, Twitter handles, Facebook pages, things like that. They pop up, they drive content, they
4: get brought down. They pop up, they drive content, they get brought down. That's exactly what happened in our instances here. So... Now, in 2020, October 27th of 2020, Intel agencies are partnering with cable and media. This is a week before the 2020 election. Evanina goes on to say that the ODNI has partnered with cable companies, news media, and news print media.
7: But what we can overcome is the influence operations that come after that. The ability of our adversaries to exacerbate that and make it a big deal, which is why we need to partner with our cable companies, our news media, our newsprint media to say, listen, let's calm down. Let's slow down. Let's look at the facts before we jump to conclusions that we have interference from a nation state threat actor. Let's not jump to that. But What we
4: So do you think the federal government might have had anything to do with places like OAN or Newsmax getting taken off of cable companies? I mean, even though they weren't perfect, they are essentially the only news outlets that are mainstream that have even discussed any of this stuff. Partnering with social media, intelligence sharing on steroids. He's talking about Facebook, YouTube and Twitter all the social media companies ahead of the 2020 election, taking down what they call disinformation. Now, of course, the disinformation label, in our experience, has uh, traditionally been centered around truths that were inconvenient. We have to be willing and able
7: to partner. And that partnership starts not only with intelligence sharing on steroids, but we have to find a happy medium where we can provide due diligence with sharing information at the same time, some, I'd say, uh, privacy protection and protection of regulatory and sanctions after a company becomes victimized. Being a victim cannot be something that's going to carry penalties. We have to find a happy medium. And this election cycle, as we partner with Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and all the social media companies, has really exacerbated their concern and want to help be a solution and protecting our democracy, but they also have to somehow be protected down the road when their constituents, which are global, might
4: complain. When their constituents, which are global. I thought that the constituents of this nation were the citizens of this nation. So... One thing to take into account here is that this is all happening during the Trump administration. Obviously, President Trump had a lot of bad actors working in the federal government, working to undermine his ability to continue on as president of the United States of America. This is a really important thread, and it goes on for a lot longer. So I'm going to go ahead and retweet it on Twitter, and you guys can find it by going to my profile, at RedPill78. You can also go directly to at name redacted. 247 and you can support them there. Highly suggest you go ahead and take a look at this. Um, Now, I'm sure that everybody heard this story about the double amputee that was shot and killed the other day by a police. Uh, a lot of people were suggesting that this was an unnecessary death. You know, and I got to admit, you know, I mean I the optics are bad. Can we agree that the optics are bad? I mean, uh, a a number of police officers standing around a dude with no legs holding a knife shooting him, you know. If he had legs it wouldn't be such a bad thing, but uh, this is really not a good look for the police here in Huntington Park. Um they could have done something else to stop him, you know. Don't you think that they could have uh like tased him or something like that? I don't know. But it wasn't like he was gonna get away. It wasn't like he was gonna, you know, run at them with such speed that he he'd be able to, to stab them, but he did have a twelve-inch butcher knife. Uh and he had actually stabbed someone unprovoked. This is the part of the story that they failed to mention in the mainstream media. Yeah, the guy had no legs. Yeah, he had a twelve-inch butcher knife. But yeah, he also stabbed someone in an unprovoked attack. The guy uh, had nothing to do with him. Uh, So let's go ahead and uh, take a look at this video.
8: Hi there, good afternoon. Well, the Huntington Park Police Chief just held this press conference here in Huntington Park. He released new video and new audio. He says he wanted to do this in order to establish transparency with the community, adding that this is a very complex case that is an ongoing case. Essentially, the Sheriff's Department has taken over. Now, take a look at this video. This was released during a press conference earlier this morning. You can see 36-year-old Anthony Lowe. He is a double amputee who was shot by officers. This all goes back to January 20th. Six. It started with this shooting, rather stabbing, at a Shell gas station. This is video uh, that we got this morning. You can see him getting off of his wheelchair while hobbling. He approaches a man on the street and stabs him. This man, the victim, was critically injured and is now in recovery. In speaking with other media, the victim says he was attacked randomly and does not know Anthony Lowe. We also heard an audio recording of someone calling 911, giving a description of Lowe as the stabbing suspect. There is also new video to Take a look at this, capturing the final moments between officers and Anthony Lowe. This is a video from a nearby business. Officers claim Lowe was trying to get away and was threatening officers with the same 12-inch butcher knife he used during the stabbing. Officers with Huntington Park Police...
0: All
4: right, so <clears throat> I think it proves my point. You know, there, there, there was a distinct possibility that Mr. Lowe could have used that butcher knife as a throwing device. He could have thrown it at the cops maybe mortally wounded them. He had already critically injured somebody else. So was it perfect? No, but I, I would say that the police were justified in this instance. Now, this other story I have here is also about what is, my, in my opinion, a justified killing, a justified shooting of an illegal alien. This man, he's a 73-year-old rancher, He shot an illegal alien on his property, and he's being held on $1 million bond and charged with first-degree murder. Now, this is in Keno Springs, Arizona. He was arrested and charged after he fatally shot this Mexican illegal alien on his ranch. Uh, he's 73 years old. The man who was murdered was Gabriel Cuen Butimia. And this was on his ranch in Kino Springs, just outside of Nogales, New Mexico. So, so, or Nogales, Mexico. So right there on the Mexico, uh, Arizona border. Um, George Kelly asked the judge to reduce his bail so that he can go home and take care of his wife. Obviously, she's elderly as well. She's there by herself, nobody to take care of her, the livestock or the ranch. So all those animals are going to die if he's not there to take care of them. I'm not going up anywhere. I can't come up with a million dollars. Now, according to reports about this shooting, this immigrant, illegal immigrant, uh, has a history of illegally crossing into the United States. And he's been deported multiple times. Uh, and he was here illegally when he was fatally shot because authorities found a Mexican voter registration card on his body. Uh, I think this is a grieve, grievous miscarriage of justice. Uh, this man was in Within his rights to protect himself and his property, Uh, there was an intruder on his land this guy, we don't know if he ran at him, we don't know if he reached for a gun, um, but uh, it happened uh, uh, just a couple of days ago. A sheriff's dispatch report shows a call coming in at 2.40 p.m. Monday from the U.S. Border Patrol, relaying information about a possible active shooter in the area of Sagebrush Road. The Border Patrol had apparently received a, port, a report from a person on the scene who mentioned a group of people running and said he was unsure if he was getting shot at as well. And the entry, I Identified This person on the scene as Allen. Sheriff's deputies responded to the area, but they found nothing. However, at 5 56 p.m. They received another report of shots fired at the property. This is about 6 24 p.m. And then they returned and they located the body of a deceased adult Hispanic male. There was no weapon found near him whose body was discovered 100 to 150 yards from Kelly's home with one visible gunshot wound. You know, I don't know what the role what the laws are in Arizona guys. But it seems reasonable to me that if you're an intruder, you come onto somebody's land and you put them or their family in danger, you are 100 percent justified in shooting them. I know that down here in Florida, this man would not be in prison. But Arizona is essentially being taken over by communists at this point, and they want to keep that border open. They want to allow people to come across illegally. And this guy, having been an illegal migrant in the past and having been deported in the past, he should have known. He should have known that this is not what he needed to be doing. All right. I'm going to go through the thank yous over here on the foxhole. Let me say thank you, first of all, to Just Duckies for starting it off with a cookie. Janice17, thank you as well. Mountain Lace dropping a cookie. Redeemed Patriot says, with God, the truth will guide us. Lou Ann V says, happy birthday to Lisa and much love to you, Zach. Thank you. Just Duckies says, MTG lit up the Dems over their disdain for the wall by calling out the fact that they erected the wall for the State of the Union speech. Good for her. I hope that she continues to bring it. Napkinator79 says, uh, Happy birthday to future Mrs. RP. Uh, Who cares? Says, uh, High five, Zach, and happy birthday to Lisa slash RPG. Liberty Bells says, Have a wonderful birthday, Red Pill Girlfriend. Lots of love to you both. Just Duckies says, uh, new wars require new tactics. This war isn't about fighting with guns. We are fighting a multi-front war. Absolutely. Redeemed Patriot says, make sex holy again. Absolutely. I think people forget, like, there's a reason it exists, and it's to create babies. Uh, Sparky My bick, good to see you, says, happy birthday, RPG. Tracy S. says, happy birthday, Red Pill Fiance. Just Duckies says, just because you know or believe something doesn't mean others know as well. Remaining unbiased is important. You're absolutely absolutely right. You always have to remember that the people that you're interacting with or that you're talking to, they may not be at the same point as you. They may not have come to realize things that you have understood for decades. Uh, We have to remember that we are working in shades of gray. People are at different points. We have to be We have to be patient with each other and we need to offer guidance where it is necessary. Uh, Nakaz808 says, uh, Aloha, happy birthday, RP Fiance. A. Allen Godwins, thank you for the shades. Jeffy dropped a cookie. And then Peapod17 said, Thank you, RP, for your consistent and hard work. God bless you. And then The Shit Show dropped a cookie. So thank you very, very much to everybody over there. I'm going to go ahead and pass out these gold pills. And then I am going to be working on uh, figuring out the best place I can take Lisa to dinner, so I won't be back tonight. I will be back tomorrow for uh, Red Pill News Live at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I've got some cool stuff that I'm doing at the house, and uh, I can't wait to show you guys what it is. So, Anyways, thank you very much, everyone, for being here. Appreciate your support. Appreciate you hanging out with me today. Maybe I'll check on Buy Me a Coffee and uh, and Cash App, just to make sure I'm not missing anyone. Um... Love endures, that was from yesterday, okay? And then uh nothing over on Cash App. Okay, you guys are awesome. Thanks again for being here. Please do me a favor. 2,600 people here in the chat right now could you please hit the like button? There's only 374 people who have hit the like button. And I know that there is uh, 2,300 more people who could hit the like button. If you hit the like button, you help me get on the leaderboard and uh, you help me get this show in front of new eyes. And uh, that's the only way that I'm going to be able to continue doing this is by continuing to get my show exposed to new people. So thank you very much, you guys. I really appreciate it. Good luck, everyone. And God bless. And once again, happy birthday, Lisa. I love you.